A questionable Instagram post has roiled the San Diego Police Department, resulting in the suspension of an officer without pay. The controversy centers on Jonathan Lucas, an officer who shot a man in downtown San Diego this summer. Community members allege Lucas posted an Instagram story mocking the memorial of Leonardo Ibarra, the man that he shot. While not much is known, this controversy comes as police nationwide are under scrutiny, and San Diegans say this post is indicative of a toxic policing culture. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. David Hernandez, you're on the public safety team for the San Diego Union-Tribune, and you've been following this story, which admittedly is somewhat complicated. I think we need to understand how we got here. Can you walk us through the shooting of Leonardo Ibarra? Yes. So the shooting happened in uh, June, late June, June 27th, and it happened as protesters were taking to the streets, um, as they have been for most of the summer and and then some. Um, Essentially, what happened in that instance was that two officers, according to police, recognized uh, Leonardo Ibarra as a suspect in a robbery as he was coming out of a building on 6th Uh, Avenue in downtown San Diego. So uh, they pulled up, walked out of the car and tried to talk to him and told him to stop. Uh, But instead, he started to run away. He also dropped a plastic bag he had been holding. Um, And according to police, he uh, pulled out a gun from his waistband and pointed it at one of the officers. So two officers opened fire, uh, struck him and uh, Leo Ibarra later died at a hospital. Mm-hmm. And what was the public reaction following this shooting? Because this was occurring, you know, just months after George Floyd was killed. This was kind of in the heart of the BLM protests. Yeah, it was definitely in the heart of the BLM protests. And one of the um, shootings that has been under the most scrutiny uh, because of its timing um, essentially, you know, the day of, a lot of community members went to the site of the shooting and started to ask questions, demand answers right away, which in, and that push for transparency actually uh, led to the police department releasing video and still images of the shooting. Um, that was their way of trying to be transparent. Um, and so the shooting drew a lot of a lot of scrutiny and it put uh, a spotlight on the police department. Um, there were a lot of people who, like many instances of uh, police-involved shootings, um, want transparency and answers as quickly as possible, and that was certainly the case in this shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe uh, when that happened, that was the fastest uh, the police ever released some still images and video, and that was rather remarkable, showing that they were hearing the public concerns and doing something to, you know, continue the conversation, although their initial response was criticized. Going ahead to today, can you describe this post and kind of how it went from this individual's Instagram circles to the wider conversation? How did we get here? Yes. So someone took a screenshot of the Instagram photo in question and began circulating it. Uh, specifically, it sounds like the person who took the screenshot shared it with a, an organization that uh, tries to expose police misconduct. And uh, so to kind of get into the two photos that are circulating, um, one of them is a screenshot of the photo that was posted on Instagram. And that Instagram photo shows 
the memorial for uh, Leo Ibarra, which essentially is made up of candles and handmade signs. And over the photo, uh, there were emojis um, and also a reference to uh, hashtag Eastside. And that, for now, is unclear as to what that refers to. Um, but essentially, it appears that the photo is mocking the memorial for uh, Leo Ibarra. And um, the second screenshot showed the uh, page that posted the photo. And uh, there is no clear connection to um, the officer who's under investigation, uh, whose name is uh, Jonathan Lucas. Um, and by that, I mean the username uh, doesn't include uh, Jonathan Lucas's name. Um, it, it did, according to the photo, promote a healthy lifestyle for cops. Um, and um, so, so there are, you know, some questions about, you know, whether this was his Instagram page or not. And if it was, whether he uh, posted it himself or whether maybe, you know, he shares the account with someone else. Um, but the connection to uh, Officer Lucas was made uh, by the person who started to circulate that screenshot of the Instagram photo. That person, um, as far as we know, <clears throat> was following the account that posted the photo, and that person was the, per the the one who said that it belonged to Officer Lucas. Um, and that's according to um, United Against Police Terror San Diego, which is um, uh, an organization, as I mentioned, that tries to expose police misconduct. They uh, say that an anonymous user forwarded the screenshot to them and uh, essentially outlined what I just, what I just said. Mm-hmm. And do we know if this was a recent screenshot or a screenshot from months ago? Because it's kind of odd for someone to mock something kind of that far away. Like, as much as I would hope people don't make fun of memorials, those kind of communications and those kind of reactions tend to happen in the moment. Like, is this something that was maybe from the night of the shooting? Um, that's a great question. I I. I don't believe it. it's from the night of the shooting based on the fact that um, the memorial grew, um, quite, has grown quite a bit into what, it's, what it is now. Um, and so the photo um, that was posted online appears to be, it, it looks very similar to what the memorial looks like now. Um, it was posted on Instagram stories, which uh, essentially deletes photos after 24 hours. Um, so it's possible that, that uh, it's unclear when the photo was posted. Um, it's possible that someone took a screenshot and didn't share it with others until recently. Um, but again, like I said, the photo shows um, the memorial in a way where uh, it shows what it looks like now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you kind of touched on a little bit with the community reaction of the, the groups that are frustrated. How did it get from, you know, people saying, hey, we have this information, we want to uh, you know, tell uh, the chief about it and the action that he took. Uh, walk us through kind of the escalation of this post. Yeah, so like I mentioned, uh, the screenshots were circulated by, by groups included um, United Against Police Terror, Terror San Diego, and that got a lot of traction. Um, other activists and organizations also either shared that post or in other ways circulated the screenshots of the Instagram photo. And um, uh, my understanding is that someone also contacted the police department via social media and made them aware of this screenshot that was circulating. So 
Um, as far as I know, the police chief uh, immediately called for an internal investigation, um, which also kind of shed more light on this issue. And uh, that got us to where we are now, which is um, the chief announcing yesterday that the officer has been suspended without pay and stripped of his police powers, which essentially means he no longer has a badge and a gun for the time being. Mm -hmm. And have we heard from Ibarra's family? Yes. So the Ibarra family has frequented the memorial site quite a bit since the shooting. Um, And they were at the shooting site and memorial yesterday they were very distraught, um, understandably, of course. They essentially, you know, what they said is that this opens a wound again. It makes them relive the tragedy of the shooting again. And uh, they're really appalled by the fact that someone would post something like this, regardless of whether it was an officer or not, but certainly, especially if it was an officer. Um, and they want a transparent investigation. Uh, they want the officer to be held accountable. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to what extent is race playing in this controversy? Because this is happening amid a national conversation about how police are disproportionately policing people of color although the focus has been largely on black Americans, but at the same time, Latinos are as well. And given the demography of San Diego County, what role is the conversation about BLM and racial equity having in this moment? Yeah, and of course it's important to note that in this case, uh, Ibarra was Latino. Um, race is definitely you know, part of the conversation for many people in that, um, for example, many point to studies that appear to show racial bias in policing within local law enforcement agencies. And um, just yesterday, you know, talking to one uh, community advocate, um, she thinks this is a case of police um, bias. Um, And, you know, she she essentially pointed to the notion that uh, police need to rethink the way they address and engage with uh, communities of color um, so that's certainly uh, part of the conversation for, for those reasons that I'm mentioning. Mm-hmm. And uh, going back to the disciplinary actions on Jonathan Lucas, how does it compare to other ones that police take? I, I mean, for instance, after an officer involves shooting, typically an officer goes on desk duty until that's investigated, but they don't lose their badge and gun. Uh, what's the difference here? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's essentially what you're laying out, but... Um, after an officer involved shooting, they're actually placed on paid administrative leave initially, then a transfer to a desk assignment. And once the chief thinks they're ready to be back in the streets, um, they take that step. Um, in this case, uh, the officer in question has been uh, stripped of his police powers, which, as I mentioned earlier, means he doesn't have a badge, his gun. He also is uh, suspended without pay. So it is a step up from what normally happens after uh, certain cases, including uh, uh, instances in which you know police shoot someone, mm-hmm. and I guess it, it, it's important to add too that you know it it uh, it appears that you know it wasn't an easy decision um, that the chief made, but he wanted it to be clear that he's not taking these allegations seriously. Um, he he's uh, vowed to be as transparent as possible under state law. 
Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's yet to be determined, um, you know, what exactly that'll mean uh, and just how transparent the department will be. Mm-hmm. And uh, going into cynical podcast host mode, how much of this is an attempt of David uh, Chief Neslite to just save face? Because police are under scrutiny nationwide. There's Measure B, which people are going to be voting on starting next week, which would create a new oversight board for San Diego police. Is he simply using this moment to kind of show that STPD is willing to, you know, have a hard look at itself in the mirror? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest takeaway on that point for me yesterday was that the chief wanted to step out to quell any anger, really. Um, so that's kind of, he, he viewed the, uh, the news conference he held as an opportunity to do that. Um, he said he understood the moment in time in which it's a really fragile time for police and community relations. Um, so, you know, I think that was his biggest uh, goal to, to try to quell any anger uh, within the community um, and to, you know, to, to note that he, as I mentioned, takes the allegation seriously and, and plans to conduct a thorough and transparent investigation. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is worth noting that uh, transparency is, is an important first step for this dialogue because in the past we've seen police departments be unwilling to give information that they're legally supposed to give out so by being more transparent it is a step in the direction that many americans are demanding so it is worth noting that yeah and i asked the chief yesterday about transparency as well um you know i i mentioned that there have been cases where you know news conferences are held and he vows uh to conduct a thorough and transparent investigation, and we don't always find out the find the the what the investigation concluded. Um, and so, again, he said he would try to be as transparent as possible under state law, and um, um, we'll have to see what mm-hmm. that means. Yeah, and uh, this is still a developing story. We don't know uh, all ins and outs yet. Um, what are some questions that you hope get answered in the coming days? Um. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see just how long uh, the process takes, the investigative process. Um, you know, uh, one of the questions out there is, you know, how long does it take to verify if someone posted something online, for example, um, which of course is a good question and one that was asked of the chief yesterday. Um, but uh, my understanding is that, you know, that's certainly the start of the investigative process. Then there's due process um, where, depending on whatever the department finds, the officer has the right to appeal the decision, um, appeal any sanctions that are imposed. So in that in that sense, it, you know, it might take a while. Um, so I'm curious to see just how long it takes. The chief has said this is a top priority for internal affairs, which at any given time handles many uh, investigations. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what discipline the chief takes, depending on what the findings are. Um, he said that everything is on the table, including, you know, longer suspension or termination. Um, and uh, the cryptic uh, hashtag written over the photo is a big question. Um, 
again, you know, uh, written over the image was hashtag, hashtag East Side. Um, so it uh, begs the question as to what that was in reference to, um, you know, which is something I'm interested in and trying to look into. Um, so, um, yeah, and the other big question um, too is what um, will come of the shooting of Ibarra. So, um, essentially it's in the, uh, it's up to the district attorney's office to determine whether uh, Officer Lucas or um, his partner who also fired um, are gonna be facing any criminal charges um, as the district attorney always, you know, weighs in all police involved shootings. So uh, that's another big kind of lingering question. Mm -hmm. Certainly a lot of questions remain. David Hernandez, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. For the first time since 2006, the San Diego Padres will be entering the postseason. That's why you should subscribe to the UT's Padres podcast, Hot Lava. Here, Kevin Acey and Jay Posner provide news and analysis of this groundbreaking team. Look for it wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is made possible by subscribers to the San Diego Union Tribune. As we live through this momentous time in history, the truth and facts matter. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go to unionship.com slash subscribe. Until next time.